This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 291. So in this last Thursday's episode, I interviewed Dr. Larry Tiefenbrunn, the owner and inventor of the Platypod flat tripods and the Platyball reverse ball heads. And I want to thank Dr. T once again for appearing on the show and especially thank him on behalf of all of my listeners for that valuable NL20 promo code he gave them to use until the end of 2022 on any Platypod named products on their website. Now, keep in mind that promo code does not work on Loom Cubes or Square Jellyfish products. I highly encourage you to pick up one of the Platypods before this code expires, as trust me, you will have a use for this incredible flat tripod. With it being super light and strong and having so many accessory ports and the carabiner slots, it is hands down the most useful piece of photography equipment you will ever buy. And keep in mind, as Dr. T and I told you last week, this show is not sponsored in any way by Platypod and all of the Platypod products I have, I have paid for myself out of my own pocket. I'm just a huge fan of their products and their unique designs and approach to photography. And in my opinion, you always get the best photography products from people who are photographers themselves. And now on to this week's news and rumors. The X100V is so popular, Fujifilm can't handle more orders. The X100V is so popular that Fujifilm has announced it is temporarily stopping orders for the digital camera because the company has too many purchases to process. Fujifilm unveiled the X100V with the redesigned lens, the latest generation of the X-Trans sensor, a two-way tilting rear LCD, and an optional weather resistance in February of 2020. But now, less than three years later, Fujifilm Japan has announced that it is having to temporarily cease new orders due to having too many backed up, in, uh, backed up to properly fulfill. Fujifilm Japan wrote, uh, broke the news in a public notice on its website on Thursday, quote, regarding the high-end compact digital camera, the Fujifilm X100V, we have received orders that have greatly exceeded our initial plan and we are unable to keep up with the supply of products. The company writes, so we will temporarily stop accepting orders from today on. We sincerely apologize for any inconvenience caused to our customers, the company adds. In addition, we will inform you again from our website about the resumption of orders. Now, according to DP Review, it seems that the termination of new orders will only be impacting the Japanese market. However, it remains to be confirmed whether the company will take similar actions with the X100V in other regions of the world. The X100V has proven to be one of the most popular cameras with TikTok users driving up its demand. In November, Petapixel reported that the prices of used Fujifilm X100 cameras had skyrocketed due to TikTok users praising the camera on the social media platform, 
with X100V prices rising to around $3,000 on Amazon. On TikTok, the hashtag Fujifilm X100V now has over 4.3 million views, and the camera has been lauded online for its color science, compact size, and image quality. However, the X100V seems to have particularly gained traction on the social media platform when photographer Kelly uh, Kadich posted a viral video series about the camera in September. Kadich captured Generation Z viewers' curiosity when she described the Fujifilm X100V as, quote, a digital camera that mimics film and declared that the photos she had taken on the model required zero editing. Since then, the Fujifilm X100V has gained a reputation as the most popular digital camera on TikTok for its ability to produce the film aesthetic without having to actually shoot film. There have been videos declaring this is your sign to buy the Fujifilm X100V and assuring viewers that they will never have to worry about buying another camera again. While there are plenty of TikTok videos praising the Fujifilm X100V, there has been a growing number of photographers in the last month questioning the camera's unrivaled reputation on the platform. TikTok users like cinematographer Kevin Litham have poked fun on social media platforms' singular obsession with the X100V. Meanwhile, concert photographer Teresa Abbott posted a video on TikTok telling viewers that they did not need to spend thousands of dollars on a Fujifilm X100V to get beautiful Fuji colors and suggested to use Fuji X-E3 as a cheaper option. Photographer Lisa Marie Hurley, who also gave advice on TikTok to viewers who had been captivated by the viral videos about the pricey Fujifilm X100V and reassured them that there were more cost-effective alternatives out there. Other photographers have recommended a used Leica V-Lux 1 as an affordable alternative to the X100V. TikTok has become a major force in terms of influencing camera trends. Pixel previously reported how Generation Z on social media is bringing back the point-and-shoot digital cameras of the early 2000s. And this is one heck of a story. And I wanted to cover this because I've been a little bit intrigued by the X100 line myself, and I really wanted to get an X100V, but I kept going back and forth because don't get me wrong, it is a fabulous camera, but I already have the XE4, which is a similar form factor, but has the ability to use interchangeable lenses like my X-T4, which is something that the X100 line cannot do. The X100 line are fixed cameras that only come with the 23 millimeter lens, F2 lens permanently attached to them. Now that is fine, don't get me wrong, because the 23 millimeter on an APS-C crop on Fujifilm is the same thing as 35 millimeter in full frame as far as uh, field of view. So, as you already know, that is my favorite focal length for street photography, and it does seem to be popular with TikTok videographers as well. It is a fabulous camera, but at its original price of $1,900, that was why I had never pulled the trigger on buying one. I just didn't know if I wanted to spend two grand on a limited-use Fujifilm body, although it is a very high-end body and has fabulous image quality and a lot of the good Fujifilm film simulations. And now that the price has been driven up by TikTok to $3,000, yeah, there's no way I'm going to buy one. But it's good to see that the X100V has become widely and hugely popular on a social media platform. It's just unbelievable. Red uses the RF mount, so why won't Canon license it for lenses? 
Red Cinema is close to releasing its V-Raptor Rhino 8K S35, which has a native fully active Canon RF mount. The fact this relationship exists basically proves Canon is dead set on selling its lenses above all else. Canon's RF mount is what is known as a closed system, which is to say that all the time of public uh, at the time of publication, Canon won't allow any other manufacturer to make electronically connected or active RF lenses for its mirrorless mount. That situation recently revealed itself when Viltrox said it had to stop manufacturing RF lenses that it had reverse engineered by Canon's legal team. Canon later confirmed that it did indeed issue a cease and desist order to Viltrox and other third-party lens manufacturers who had reverse engineered the RF mount, saying that it believed that, quote, these products infringe their patent and design rights. This cease and desist order specifically referenced lenses that were equipped with autofocus, but many manufacturers were so spooked by this legal order that they stopped producing any RF mount optics altogether. In contrast, Red's V-Raptor Rhino 8K S35 camera features a fully active RF mount. Quote, the active RF lens mount enables you to adapt your ca- or your capture for each project using a wide array of ProSyn or still photo lenses and can be used with the EF lens adapter, Red says. The only way Red would be able to do this is with Canon's explicit permission, meaning Canon clearly licensed it to Red. A lot could be inferred by Canon's action here, but the choice to allow Red to use the RF mount drives the point home. Canon wants to sell lenses above all else, so much so that it will let another camera maker, one that arguably competes with them in the cinema space, use its mirrorless lens mount. Since Canon is the only manufacturer that can support RF, any sale of a Red camera means the sale of Canon lenses. That means more money. Seeing Canon block others from making lenses for the RF while at the same time licensing for use by a camera manufacturer only further drives home this strategy. As Petapixel has said in the past, Canon's choice to lock down the RF mount is a huge mistake. Quote, Canon has not publicly said as much, but it's pretty obvious that the reason the company is not licensing its RF mount and is going after anyone who reverse engineers it with illegal threats is because of money. Part of what made Canon's EF camera so desirable was the massive library of lens choices from a wide variety of manufacturers. Cutting that down to just one first-party manufacturer deletes the element of choice from a consumer and makes them feel trapped. Nikon and Sony, arguably Canon's biggest competitors, seem to understand this. The Sony E-mount has been open for some time, leading to a huge variety of lens options from multiple manufacturers. Nikon recently opened up its Z-mount, which was confirmed by Tamron with the announcement of its 70-300 f4.5-6.3 for the Nikon mirrorless. Canon, for some reason, it won't explain, seems intent on being the only major camera maker to not allow its own successful past decisions, to follow its own successful past decisions. Canon did not have a comment prepared at the time of publication. And this is definitely an interesting story. And I can understand Canon's point of view in some ways. They have spent a lot of money, I can imagine millions of dollars, in the research and development of the RF mount. Although I could be wrong there because, to be honest, their RF mount is the exact same size as their EF mount. So all they basically did was modify the bayonet slightly and add four more contacts to the electronics. 
Instead of having eight, like the old EF mount lenses did, they now have 12 because it's able to do uh, more of a variety of communications between the camera and the lens. And of course, you have that programmable control ring on a lot of the RF lenses. But I'm not sure here. I think Canon is kind of shooting themselves in the foot with this uh, attacking third-party makers for making RF mount lenses, you know, any with autofocus. And they've actually scared the world, the third-party world so badly that even the manual lens makers have stopped making lenses for the RF mount. I think this could be a bad thing for Canon, but we'll have to wait and see because they're basically shooting themselves in the foot. It's kind of like the old adage, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. But we'll have to see how that fleshes out. Next Storage says it has made the fastest CF Express card yet. Next Storage has announced its B1 Pro series of CF Express Type B memory cards that reach maximum read speeds of 1,950 megabits per second and maximum write speeds of 1,900 megabits per second, the fastest performance yet. Founded in 2019, Next Storage is a relatively new company that was created by former engineers of Sony's memory and storage division. The company is solely focused on creating memory products with a particular focus on memory cards for both consumer and industrial applications. The Japan-based com company has a set of lofty goals for itself, including becoming the world's number one imaging memory manufacturer. The Next Storage B1 Pro and XB1 Pro series of cards achieved the world's fastest read-write speeds of up to 1950 megabits per second write and 1900 read, uh, with minimum sustained write speed of 1800 megabits per second, which easily supports PG, uh, PG, VPG 400, a guaranteed minimum sustained write speed of 400 megabits per second for all, car, all card capacities in the line. The cards have a slightly unusual set of capacities. Uh, you have 165 gigabit, 330 gigabit, 660 gigabit, and 1,330 gigabits, or 1.330 terabytes, which is kind of unusual. These cards outpaced the speed promises that Lexar released earlier this year, which were, at the time, the fastest CF Express Type B memory cards on the market. Next Storage has just barely usurped that title with slightly better performance promises. But it's not just speed that Next Storage says makes its cards desirable, but also power conservation. The company says that its Pro Series cards are equipped with a dynamic auto power save technology, a unique system it made for low power consumption during video recording. The use of this tech offers what Next Storage says is up to 68% power savings compared to cards that don't have it. And it saves not only on camera's battery life, but also prevents thermal throttling from triggering by reducing the temperature of the card as data is written to it. Next Storage has also announced the B1SE and X-B1SW series of cards that has tailored more for high-resolution photography that has lower capabilities and top speeds. Available in 128 gigabytes, 256 capa gigabyte capacities, the higher capacity B1 SE card maintains the wicked fast 1950 megabits per second speed of the B1 Pro line, but dropped the maximum write speed to 1100 megabits per second and only have a 200 megabit per second sustained write promise. The 128 gigabyte card has slightly lower performance still and has a maximum of 1,100 megabits per second read speed and 550 megabits write speed and a 100 megabits sustained write speed. 
Both the B1 Pro and B1 SE cards are tested to be shock, X-ray, UV, magnetic, and static resistant and have an operating range of 14 to 148 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 10 to 70 degrees Celsius. The company says it has confirmed the cards can be uh, to be compatible with the Canon EOS R3, the R5, R5C, the Nikon Z9. It plans to update a list of confirmed capable or compatible devices over time on its website. The next storage B1 Pro series and B1 SE series CF Express Type B memory cards will be available on Amazon starting in late December. The NX B1 Pro starts at $200 for $165 and goes up to $400 for $330, $800 for $660 gigs, and caps out at $1,600 for the 1.330 terabyte model. The XB or NX B1 SE starts at $100 for the 128 gigabyte, while the 256 capacity costs $140. Wow. Quite a price there on that 1300 gigabit uh, X1 or uh, NX B1 Pro card at $1,600. Wow. That's an eye watering price for a memory card. <laughs> Whoa. ASMP and NANPA combine into a new photography association. The American Society of Media Photographers, ASMP, has combined with the North American Nature Photography Association, or NAMPA, to form a new photography association with combined benefits of both. The new organization will continue with the ASMP name and will formally launch in January of 2023. The new or the NAMPA Board of Trustees, which has focused on nature photography, will operate within ASMP and have its own dedicated funding. The headquarters of the new combined group will be consolidated into the ASMP's current San Francisco offices. ASMP's CEO, James Edmund Datari, who has over 14 years experience leading and growing prominent national member organizations, will be the CEO of the combined organization. And many of NAMPA's current contracting staff will remain to ensure continuity in the management of NAMPA legacy programs along with a permanent position dedicated to overseeing nature photography programs. All current new uh, nature photography programs will be associated with NAMPA and will carry the NAMPA brand. The new organization will boast 6,500 total members, 4,000 legacy ASMP members, and 2,500 NAMPA members. The ASMP says that all of them will get access to a combined array of member benefits, including educational programs, in-person, and online photography events, local and regional networking leadership opportunities and multi-day conferences that each organization currently offers, all without any increase in dues. The organization adds that a series of innovative new benefits will also be rolled out in the coming months, including significant expansions focused on nature photography, advertising industry work, and the ASMP Academy powered by Sony, which launched earlier this year. Quote, through a consolidation of expenses in a whole range of areas like accounting, database management, insurance, marketing, and administrative functions, we'll be able to invest even more money into expanding programs and creating member benefits that you won't be able to find anywhere else, Beth Hunting, NAMPA's board president, says. Quote, ASMP has many nature photographers in its membership. The great Ansel Adams himself was a longtime member, and NAMPA has many successful media photographers in its rank. So there will be opportunities for our members to significantly expand personal and professional networks, both in and beyond their existing areas of work, Michael Shea, ASMP's board chair, adds. Uh, 
This December to be announced town hall meeting. Uh, town hall meetings will allow members from both ASMP and NAMPA to learn more about the new combined organization and have the opportunity to have any questions they might have answered. And I think this is interesting and I think it's a good thing. I'm actually a member of both organizations and I think it would be really cool to have the two combine into a single organization, especially since they're both kind of small organizations to begin with, with only about 6,500 combined members. So I think it only makes sense that they combine forces into a single organization to reduce their overall cost and be able to offer more to their members. So good for them. The Cosmo Cap camera body cap hides a secret AirTag compartment. Curved has announced the Cosmo Caps and satellites, camera body caps, and small silicon sleeves that together allow photographers to track their cameras with AirTags. The company, which successfully launched a Kickstarter for its universal lens caps in 2017 and has since followed them up with version two, has created its version of a camera body cap that hides a compartment for an AirTag. The idea isn't new as the 9-volt launched its set of similar body caps earlier this year. The system is actually two parts, the Cosmo Cap body cap and the satellite, which is where the AirTag hides. Starting with the body cap, it's a design that curved calls low profile, and it has a lot smaller than and is a lot smaller than the one made by 9 volt. The Cosmo cap body caps are also made out of machined aluminum and anodized in flat black, which is in contrast to the plastic used by 9 volt and pretty much every other body cap. What makes the Cosmo cap stand out further is that it is designed to work with either Canon EF, RF, or Sony E-mount cameras, but each version also works with the PL, a mount that is commonly used by filmmakers. The company says that filmmakers will often struggle with a large number of body and lens caps that they need to carry around, and the fact that the Cosmo cap works with both modern mirrorless mounts as well as PL helps keep filmmakers more organized. The other half of this equation are the satellites, which are the name for the curved AirTag compartment. These silicon containers have a self-adhesive backing that lets them stick not only to the interior of the Cosmo cap, but also to any number of objects. The company says that it can stick to any flat surface without ever falling off. Curved also claims it has the smallest footprint of any AirTag holder on the market, making the most discreet and versatile carriers available. When used in tandem with the Cosmo cap, the satellite is only accessible after the cap has been removed from the body with, with curved, says, keeping it hidden and, in there, and is therefore more difficult to find. The company also seems to indicate that the satellite should work with traditional, traditional body caps, so buying the Cosmo cap isn't a necessity to add AirTag tracking to a camera collection. Curved has launched the Cosmic Cap and satellites on Kickstarter, where one cap can be backed for $50. Eventually, it will cost $80. While a four-pack of the satellites cost $15, this will eventually be sold for $20. Those and other backing options can be found on the company's Kickstarter page. Now, as I warned you before, make sure that you realize that Kickstarter is a funding website. It's a crowdfunding project website, so it's not an online store if you pledge your money to a project on there, you are risking losing your money. But a lot of times these good products do come to market and Curb does have a decent track record. Now, the one thing that concerns me with the satellites is they attach to the inside of the body cap, which I'm not sure I'm crazy about that idea because what if, now I'm just saying, what if devil's advocate, 
that adhesive fails while the body cap is on your camera, then the AirTag silicon compartment could fall inside your camera and damage your sensor and other stuff. So think about that. I'm not so sure I would want to use something like that. I would feel more comfortable if it was some sort of screw-on internal uh, interior cap that held the AirTag or something like that, or make the AirTag compartment hidden, well hidden, or maybe even attached with a screw and put it on the front side of the body cap so that it can't accidentally damage your camera. But that's my two cents on that. But it's pretty huge if you ask me. Sony pulls FX30 and FX3 firmware amid reports it traps them in a boot loop. Sony has suspended downloads of the XF30 and XF3 firmware amid reports that in some cases it will cause the cameras to get trapped in a boot loop. A boot loop is when the camera gets stuck in a loop of booting. The initial reports of this situation were publicized on Twitter on Thursday and shared by Sony Alpha Rumors. One video in particular showed the issue taking place and the problem effectively making the FX30 inoperable. It appears Sony immediately started investigating the issue and this morning suspended downloads of the firmware while it continued investigating. While at first the situation appears isolated, the company did manage to confirm it was possible and issued the following statement, quote, it was confirmed that some updated products might not operate properly in some cases, Sony writes. Uh, distribution is suspended as we are currently investigating the cause if the issue unstable operations such as repeating reboots are not working properly occurs immediately after the update please ask for a repair while the initial report seems to indicate the problem could affect both the xf uh, fx3 and the fx30 dp review says that the problem only impacting the latter camera however sony doesn't appear to be taking any chances as the most recent firmware update for the xf3 has also been suspended it should be noted that not all users who updated their fx3 or fx30 cameras noticed a problem as some have said on twitter that the update went smoothly and the cameras are even faster now Outside of the issues, the firmware updates were relatively minor before being pulled. They only, they only addressed two bugs and promised some overall improved stability. So there isn't a pressing reason for users to update while Sony figures out the problem. As DP Review notes, the updates fixed an issue where the vertical video wasn't rotating when moved onto a computer, while the touch operations weren't working in the imaging edge mobile apps under certain conditions. Petapixel has reached out to Sony regarding the issue, but the company has yet to issue an official response outside of the warnings listed on the download pages for the FX30 and FX3 cameras. Well, hopefully uh, Sony will get this sorted out. Sounds like it's kind of uh, a hit or miss as to whether or not the update causes a problem with the user's camera. Now, one thing I'm wondering is if maybe the users did something wrong during the firmware update, like they aborted early or something like that, and then the camera gets stuck in a boot loop, because I know that can happen if you don't let the update finish 100% completely and reboot your camera on its own. These kind of things can happen. And this is coming from somebody that has over 30 years of both photography and professional IT experience. All right, I'm going to take a break right here and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. 
If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. And now we'll head on over to Canon Rumors. Canon introduces multi-feature firmware update for the EOS C70 4K digital cinema camera. The upgrade includes eye detection autofocus AF, face detection AF, and subject tracking AF during slow and fast recording 24 to 120p. Canon's IAF, face detection AF, and subject tracking AF allows for more accurate autofocus performance at accelerated frame rates helping to ensure you don't miss that critical shot. The XF AVC 4K IntraFrame 60P newly added. Uh, IntraFrame 60P records at a bitrate of 600 megabits and offers users a lightweight, high-quality codec that helps to minimize storage costs and speed up file transfers. This new file format allows for easier handling of files and the capability to record to an SD card. Canon's IP-based XC protocol. The XC protocol enables multiple camera remote control of camera settings via the Canon RF-IP100 remote controller or other third-party XC protocol-enabled remote control panels. Canon 709 custom picture, pro- picture profile has the same dynamic range as the current YDR profile setting along with great contrast. This provides a rich cinema look to your footage right out of the box without the time-consuming need for color grading. The CMT709 viewing assistance allows the video output of the camera to be viewed on REC709 compliant monitor while recording in Canon Log 2 or Canon Log 3. CMT709 is a great starting point for any color grading and assists in making adjustments while shooting, reducing the time needed to edit the file in post-production. Full communication with EF mount flex zoom 45 to 135 millimeter and SIN servo 15 to 120 millimeter lenses. Communication features include T-stop display, chromatic aberration correction, dual pixel CMOS AF, and dual pixel focus guide. Additional upgrade of the firmware update include maintaining camera settings and switching between normal and slow and fast recording modes, audio four-channel display now viewable in the level meter display on the camera's LCD display. To download or more information regarding the firmware update and all of Canon's professional video products and solutions, please visit usa.canon.com. So Canon is adding a lot of great new features to this new firmware for the EOS C70 4K digital cinema camera. And it's always good to see users get new functionality out of an existing piece of camera equipment. A second camera will be announced with the EOS R50 in Q1 2023. It looks like Canon is going to make a big splash in Q1 of 2023. We're not sure if the announcements are coming before the CP Plus show in Japan in late February, but that would be a logical time to make announcements. We've been told that along with the Canon EOS R50 and a new RFS lens, which is rumored to be an RF22 F2 STM, which will be based on the optical design of the EFM22 F2 STM, the second camera to be announced is unknown at this time. We're told that a lens will also be announced with the new camera body. If we read between the lines, the two or the second lens will be an RF lens. Could we finally see the EOS R5S? 
There is the rumored EOS R7C, but we don't expect that until later in 2023. All signs point to 2023 being a big year for Canon's imaging lineup. We haven't even touched on the Cinema EOS line as of yet. So, interesting news. I had not heard before this article that there was a, a Canon EOS R50, which would be a new crop body camera. Uh, or maybe I did talk about this one before. I'm not sure. But it looks like it's going to be similar to the M-series mirrorless APS-C bodies like the M5 and the M6 line. Which Fujifilm X-mount lens should Fujifilm give us in 2023? Your suggestions to Fujifilm here. I actually promised myself never to do that again. Why? Because it was a hell of a lot of work. But you know what? Screw it. You guys deserve it. This place is what it is because you are who you are, a passionate group of photographers who keep Fuji rumors alive and interesting for all of us with your comments, your votes on surveys, and your participation overall. So let me give you back something by continuing to invest countless hours into a single article. Last time in 2017, we had 888 comments with thousands of suggestions. I collected and condensed them in a survey of 30 lenses, and the final results can be seen at this accompanying link in the show notes. And you know what? The survey helped Fujifilm immensely as they took most of our top voted lenses and gave them to us exactly as we wished, as we reported in this accompanying article. So let's help the Fujifilm management again and tell them what we need. The three most important rules, please give us a maximum of one or two suggestions. I know it is hard, but you have to tell us only your really most wanted and needed lens. So one or two lenses, not more. Only X-mount lenses. We will make a separate article for the GFX lenses. Otherwise, it gets too confusing to have it all in a single post. Not what's on the roadmap. Of course, do not put lenses on your wish list that are already on the official X-mount roadmap, like the Fujinon XF 8mm F3.5. This restriction is important as it is the first filter to really make sure we come out with a list of high-priority lenses, and it also helps my work later on. And be careful what you wish for. Put lenses on your list that you're willing to pay for and to carry around for your needs. So it sounds like a good idea. So you can head on over to Fuji Rumors and participate in that survey if you're a Fujifilm X shooter, like I am. Fujifilm X5 manual, or X-T5 manual shares details about upcoming TGBT1 tripod grip. We already told you about the Fujifilm TGBT1 grip coming later on, confirmed by Digicam Info. Now, Digicam Info spotted a reference to the Fujifilm TGBT1 in the Fujifilm X-T5 owner's manual. It says, tripod grips. The TG-BT1 record movies, take photographs, or adjust zoom on compatible power zoom lenses while holding the Bluetooth tripod grip. It will basically work just like the Sony tripod shooting grip. You can see the Sony shooting grip and order one at B&H Photo, Amazon, and Adorama. Via the X-T5 owner's manual, via Digicam Info, you can see those links in this article in the show notes. The X-T5 stock check red mark means in stock. The X-T5 can be black, can be ordered at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Moment. The X-T5 silver body at the same retailers. The Fujifilm X-T5 black with the XF18-55 to at the same four retailers. The Fujifilm X-T5 Silver with that same 18-55 to lens at the same four retailers. The Fujifilm X-T Black or Silver with the XF16-80 to at the same four retailers. 
And then, of course, there's also the Fujifilm X30 F2 macro 2.8 macro lens in the USA. You can order a B&H photo, Amazon US and Adorama worldwide at Amazon Canada, Amazon of your country. In the UK at Amazon UK, Wex UK, and Park Camera UK. And in the EU at Amazon DE, Amazon Italy, France, Spain, Calumet DE, Photo Earnhardt, Photo Koch, and the PCH Store. So it's interesting that they're going to create this tripod grip for the X-T5. I wonder if it'll work with any of the other X-T or X-Line bodies. If it's Bluetooth, then I would think it would pair with any of their existing cameras because they all have Bluetooth in them. But I guess we'll have to wait and see or if it's only going to be exclusive to the X-T5 for some weird reason. And now over to Sony Alpha rumors, massive Black Friday deals in Europe and Australia. The Black Friday deals can be found on these new pages at Amazon DE, Amazon UK, Amazon France, Italy, Spain, Netherlands, Amazon SE, and DigiDirect AUS. In Germany, say big on Sony and other photographic gear at Amazon Germany. All photo deals on the Amazon Germany page can be found at this link. 18% off the Samyang 135mm f1.8 FE at Amazon Germany. The Sony Alpha A7 III for €1549 at Photo Kodge. And the Samyang Viltrox Sony lens rebates at Photo Earnhardt. In the UK, save big on photographic gear at Amazon UK, save big on SanDisk SD cards at Amazon UK, and there's a Black Friday page at Wex UK, and you can find all of these links in this article in the show notes. In France, save big on Sony and other photographic gear at Amazon France, save big on SanDisk SD cards at Amazon France. In Italy, the same items, the Sony photographic gear and SanDisk cards on Amazon Italy, and the same on Amazon Spain. In Australia, save up to 20% off on Sony, Sigma, and Tamron gear at DigiDirect AUS. So there you have some Black Friday deals that you can jump on. And wrapping up, ShotKit survey, quote, the Sony a7 III is the most popular camera used by professional photographers. ShotKit made, made an interesting survey, summary of our key findings. One, mirrorless cameras are more popular than DSLR cameras for professional photographers. 63% of professional photographers use a mirrorless camera, while 36% of them still use a DSLR. Only 1% use both. Mirrorless cameras are more popular than DSLR cameras for amateur photographers, too, but not by much. 54% of amateur photographers use a mirrorless, while 46% of them use a DSLR. Three, the most common reason why professional photographers use a mirrorless camera is that they are smaller and lighter. The second most common reason is that they offer better autofocus. Four, the most common reason why amateur photographers use mirrorless cameras is that they are smaller and lighter. The second most common reason is that they offer in-body stabilization. Five, Nikon is the most popular camera brand used by professional photographers. 31% of professionals use Nikon, closely followed by Canon at 28 and Sony at 20%. Canon is the most popular camera brand used by amateur photographers. 27% of amateurs use Canon, followed closely by Nikon at 25 and Sony at 16%. The Sony a7 III is the most popular camera used by professional photographers. 7% of pros use the a7 III mirrorless camera. With the Canon R6 mirrorless camera and the Nikon D750 DSLR cameras coming in joint second and third. 
The Alpha A7 III and the Nikon D850 are the most popular cameras used by amateur photographers. One is a mirrorless camera, the other is a DSLR, of course. Professional photographers like to use the Sony A7 III for their personal photography pursuits, too. The Fujifilm X-T3 and the Nikon D850 are also popular choices. And 10, the most common reason why both amateur and professional photographers use DSLR cameras is due to the superior lens selection. The second most common reason was that switching to the mirrorless system is too expensive. And that is all the news and rumor stories for this week. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 291 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also, want to encourage you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, comment on them, like them, share them out on social media, hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. Later on today, I will be posting my next YouTube video. I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be about, so you'll have to watch it to find out. Uh, but I do want to also thank everybody for supporting my YouTube channel. I'm up to a little over 5,400 subscribers right now, which I know isn't a lot. I've always said my channel's kind of small. Would love to have it grow more. So if you could share it out and encourage people to subscribe, it'd be highly appreciated. All right, that wraps up this one. I will see you all again on Thursday.